Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Latter-day Ladies podcast. I am your host and your friend, Jenny Moss. I'm excited to introduce you to someone that I love, Michelle Bowler. I found her on Instagram. She is at The Waiting Warriors, and she has been such an inspiration to me with her faith and her resilience, um, and it was also an inspiration to go back to therapy. So Michelle, thank you so much for coming on this podcast, and I'm excited for you guys to get to know her a little bit better. Michelle Packard Bowler was born and raised in Carlsbad, California. After high school, she earned a Bachelor's of Science degree from BYU-Idaho in 2014. Way to go. BYU-Idaho is awesome. Michelle became a military spouse in 2012 when her husband enlisted in the Army Reserve in Idaho and continued to support his service in the reserve while living in Utah. During this time, Michelle founded the Waiting Warriors podcast, blog, and social media, which helps military and first responder loved ones know how to thrive in their life of supporting service. In 2018, Michelle moved from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, when her husband began active duty service as a chaplain. And she looked forward to the adventures and opportunities ahead to build community and encourage other military spouses in their supporting service. Over the years, Michelle and the Waiting Warriors have been featured on multiple military spouse media outlets and has interviewed over 100 military and first responder loved ones. Michelle focuses on helping military couples and families navigate deployment and reintegration and getting military spouses the resources they need. Since losing their son, James, in 2021, Michelle has started advocating for compassionate care for families experiencing infant loss in military hospitals. Michelle is married to Austin Bowler, and they have four daughters, Emma, Mary, Anne, and June, and one son, their angel baby, James. Enjoy this interview. I'm sure you'll be just like me and feel inspiration from the power of this woman's faith. Michelle, I am so excited to have you here on the podcast. It feels like I am meeting with a friend that I just have known for like two years because I've watched you navigate so many life experiences with such grace. So thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to have you. Thank you. So Michelle, what brought you to this idea that you wanted to start sharing online about being a military wife? Um, So full disclosure, part of it was money. We were very poor students for a very long time. (laughs) We got married not thinking that the military was going to be a part of our life. And we got married in April and then... It was like May or June where we had both started thinking about it again and just line upon line happened. And then we ended up joining. He went to basic. I was pregnant with our first. We did the whole like he was gone all the time. Then he was in ROTC. We had two kids while we were getting our bachelor's. And then he went on to do a master's degree in military chaplaincy at BYU. I was totally fine doing the poor student thing, but I also felt very like, this is where we're supposed to be and I need to figure out a way to support. And so I I had gotten into like 
an MLM and was trying to learn how to market, it just was like, you need to start talking and connecting to people going through the same things that you are. And as I was exploring those options, every year in the LDS church, they hold a conference for all chaplains who are endorsed by the church in conjunction with October conference every year in Salt Lake. And so we were there at church headquarters. Friday is this awesome lecture and dinner. And then Saturday, Sunday, we get to go to a conference. And then Monday and Tuesday, all day long from like nine to four, it's all of these different lectures on things religious, but also like there was this commander general guy from Jordan, the country in like the Middle East, right? Like he came and talked about relations with, you know, military relations. and But it's also just like so sacred because you are with these people who just know what you're going through. So there was at this particular year, we had a tiny baby um, I don't remember which kid we have four now, so I don't remember which, but I was in the outside part trying to, you know, get her to fall asleep or stop crying stuff, but I could still hear softly, but I was just looking around at, um, they had like veterans day things, um, pictures and like met this array of medals and all that kind of stuff. And I just, um, my my mom's dad served in World War II. And I just felt very distinctly and could like hear in his voice, like, just serve them. I'm trying not to just blubber through it. But like it was such, it was such a real thing that I just realized like we just need to start talking to each other. And I need to figure out a way to help other military wives be okay because this life is so hard like there's just there's no sugarcoating it um at least it, from my point of view like there's no amount of patriotism or love for god and country that really makes it okay like it and and makes it easier like it is just hard it's really hard. And even though this whole time my husband was in the reserves, like he still was gone so much. And we had such a young family that like, it just was really hard. It was a lot. I started like needing resources myself, but because we were in the reserves, we weren't plugged into a military community. And, and I was like so young and new and like podcasts were barely a thing. So it just like didn't exist in the way that I wanted it to. It's just like, it really is like line upon line, like with all things with faith. And it's so incredible that you have created this amazing, amazing place for people to come in. Um, I was telling Michelle earlier when we jumped on that um, when Aaron left for six months for training, I felt lost and um, just so lonely. And there was such a time difference that even when he could call, it was really limited. I felt like you encouraging me to just be able to establish that relationship within myself to lean on my community, but also to lean on God. So thank you, Michelle, for doing that. I know that that has not probably been easy, all of the steps. Um, You have talked and taught about deployment and you call the partners that hold down the fort 
waiting warriors. And I absolutely love that term. So what does it mean to you as a waiting warrior to not just survive deployment, but to thrive? The last few weeks I've been trying to think about like, like creating some kind of like manifesto of what it means to be a waiting warrior. And one of the things is like, I think it's like, we, we really strive to thrive. Like we know suffering is not what's intended for us. And like, I'm, I'm still trying to debate on how blatantly um, I'm going to put God into it, right? Because my personal take on this, this really is like my ministry, but like it's, I, I want to meet people where they're at. So yes, God is manager and I talk about him fairly often, but I, I'm trying to figure out how to word it, right? But mm-hmm. it really is like, Man is that they might have joy, but we're called to have a, like, we have a work to do. So how do you, how do you find that? And in the military world, it's really easy for spouses in particular to become martyrs and to, to just be the last ones taken care of. The striving to thrive really happens when I am willing to really recognize who I am. And, and that is a daughter of a king and a queen. I have a heavenly father and a heavenly mother. And they don't want me to, to like barely survive through things. That's, that's not what they intended for me. So if that's not what they intended for me, then there has to be a way for some, for it to be better. And I just need to constantly try to figure out what that is. And a lot of times that is just simplifying life. And it's, it's most of the time it's been just like reminding myself of who I am and how my needs are not less than my country's needs or my husband's needs or my children's needs that they can all, that God has made the abundance in this world so we all can be taken care of. So I think that's that's what thriving is for me, especially right now of just really recognizing who I am and the value that I have mm. and not letting anything speak against that. Not, not allowing any kind of mindsets or messaging to come in that contradicts that. I just went to this conference this last weekend in Phoenix and the whole conference was all about identity and purpose. And I it was like I was connecting two worlds because I've been going to therapy for the last like seven months. And then I go to this conference and I'm connecting this idea of understanding that because I am a daughter of God, the implications from that are endless. They are eternal. They are so much more than any of the things that the trials that I've gone through in this life have, um, created within me, who I am as a daughter of God is bigger than the fact that I am a survivor of somebody else's bad choices and abuse. Like it is so powerful for me to be able to say, like, I am, I am a daughter of a King, just like you said. And, um, it it was, it was really amazing to hear Mm -hmm. other people say that about themselves. And I think 
one of the things, Michelle, that you do so beautifully is you practicing and understanding that for yourself helps other women be able to stand up and say the same thing about who they are. So thank you for doing that. And thanks for doing that work. Um, so how has your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ informed your experiences as a waiting warrior? We've touched a little bit on this. It honestly is so tender for me um, because there have been so many hard things and um, we, our son was stillborn two years ago. Like it, it wasn't just, we lost a child. We had so much faith in who that child was. And I had so many spiritual experiences for years, knowing who he was and knowing he was um, supposed to be part of our family and anticipating and being excited about that. Like the reason why you hold on to your faith is because Without it, there is so much pain. Having faith doesn't take away the pain, but it sure does comfort you. Like the Holy Ghost is literally the comforter, right? Like Christ literally has provided a way to take his yoke upon him. So you don't have to walk through things alone. You know, your your widow's might effort and you are barely hanging on and you are walking super slowly because you are broken and because you are so weak because of what you're experiencing, like your faith still binds you to him. It really does. I I felt, I felt like I was the woman with the issue of blood because I was reaching and for a while I couldn't feel the hem of his garment. I couldn't, I wasn't even touching it yet. Um, but I had to reposition where my hand was and reposition my life. And, and I had to wait. And that was hard. That was really hard. I feel like one of the things that, um, I continually see from you, there is such a vast depth in your faith in waiting because waiting is, is the moment where you are trusting that God will be there even when you don't see him. So we have talked about your sweet James and I am so sorry for your loss because I know regardless of the time, he's still your baby and we love James. So can you teach us a little bit of how you've been navigating your grief and this journey to find healing? I was really blessed to have people come into my life years before we lost James that um, paved a really beautiful path that made it possible. My college roommate got married even before I did. She got married like shortly after we were roommates our freshman year and her pregnancies immediately were very difficult and she had everything from like seizures during her pregnancy to um, she had a miscarriage to having to be on bed rest for another one. And she had been given the advice to be, to journal and be vocal about 
her her experiences to help her deal with the trauma. And so for a few years, as I was having these beautiful, healthy babies year after year, um, was just reading her and reading her experiences and admiring her strength, even though she was like struggling so much, but just admiring the fact that he was vocal about it and was talking about a conversation that so much, so many women just don't talk about. The stat is one in four pregnancies, but how many people do you know that actually can talk about their grief? When I was reading through her things, which most of it was like while our our first, second, and third were born, I just remember thinking like, if I ever, heaven forbid, but if I ever lose a child, I'm going to talk about it. I'm just going to bring it up enough so that people recognize what it is and that other, so other people have somebody to talk to. And then God also put into my life this amazing human being. Her name's Mindy Holmgren and her husband was a chaplain. So we met through the LDS chaplain, very small, tight-knit community. And her husband passed away in 2019 at a military family event. So her and her kids were there and they she lost her sweet husband. And she has tried to share online her faith, but also the very realness of grief. From her, I really learned how you can have faith and not understand and that that's okay. And you can just, you can struggle and like, that doesn't mean you're not faithful. When we lost James, I knew I had the Waiting Warriors platform every, like, you know, it was not a secret that I was almost six months pregnant, right? Like, so I knew I had to say something. And so I had done like the original post or whatever. And my therapist, the grief therapist I was seeing just kept saying like, you need to keep talking about it. But I couldn't talk out loud at all. Not n- not very well, right? Like I could, I could barely have conversations about it with my husband. So it just felt like too much mm-hmm. to have it with my mom or sisters or whatever. So I just, but I could like, I could write. So I just started sharing. And after the first time I shared like on stories or whatever, I had almost like 30 messages from women who had had losses. And out of those 30, at least 10 were like, I've never told anybody before, but I just feel like I can talk to you. And thank you for saying, I don't even remember what I said, but it was something like they just said, thank you for saying what you said, because I've, that's how I felt, but I've never been able to find words. And from that, I was just like, okay, I have to, I have to keep talking because it's helpful for me. And I can't handle the thought of people hurting this much and not having anywhere to go with it. It hurts so much that somebody I know is who is so awesome isn't here. So it helps when I can share what Christ is teaching me, but also what what James is giving me. And as painful as it is, it's still, I mean, I guess it's needed. That is that is such a beautiful way of dealing with grief. And I had a friend who, when she lost her baby, who we absolutely adore, her, her baby's name is Grace. And when she lost Grace, she talked to me about how, um, 
one of the ways that she dealt with her grief was feeling the gratitude for who Grace was. And that was one of the ways and sharing that with other people. And so I really love and admire the way that you have been able to honor the person that James is by sharing the different experiences you've had, whether you want to name them good experiences or negative experiences, you're sharing them because he has an impact in your life every day. Like what a, what a wonderful way to honor the life that he had on this earth. You know, that's really, really beautiful, Michelle. I I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, You posted a while back on Instagram, something that I've repeated to myself multiple times and it very much has touched my heart. You said this quote, just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable. A few words that came to my mind when life was very hard and I was very miserable, but you, my dear friend have so much more power than you may think. End quote. That right there is just a mic drop. And so we could just only have that. And this podcast would be, powerful in people's lives. So would you mind expounding on this idea that it just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable? I think it goes back to, to what I talked about earlier of just like the scripture man is that he might have joy, but we're asked to have children and that's really hard. (laughs) And we're asked so hard. (laughs) I've talked to my sister so many times about this, like, okay, God wants me to have these children and he wants me to be happy. And in this moment, I don't see how they connect. Like, I'm sorry, (laughs) I don't. Like, it doesn't seem possible. And God very clearly asked us to be in the military. Like, sometimes it's just when he's gone and sometimes it's when I know he is driving through Iraq And he's going from one place to another place. And that feels very unsafe. And that is really hard. And there are times where we are moving for the third time in however many years. And and we're driving 40 hours. And my hip is in a ton of pain because I lost my kid. And all of these things pile on together and it feels impossible to be joyful. But I always go back to this sweet personal revelation, right? That just happened just for me and has helped other people of just like, this is really hard, but there is a way. And Sometimes that way is standing principles of how to be like a healthy human being and like taking care of yourself and reaching out to others and and learning your strength. And sometimes it is just holding on to Christ. I think the reason why that sentence is possible, that it can be hard, but it doesn't have to be miserable, is because of Christ and because we just watched... The Chosen, we just watched the episode where Simon is struggling and they feed the 5,000 and he's sinking in the ship or like he walks on the water and then, you know, Peter loses his faith. And there was something about, I don't even remember the line, but just the whole, the whole message of like, I am here, like Christ is here. 
And so it's, it's the grabbing onto him. And that is, to me, that's not just in like our actions of faith of going to Christ and reading scriptures, but that is our actions in reaching out to a community. Like you can find Christ in other people. Like other people can strengthen you because they have the love and light of Christ in them. And that's how, like, I mean, Christ could, I have full faith that he could come down and be with all of us individually in our trials, but he chooses to use other people. But if we don't allow other people, then that's like our problem. So we have to allow other people into our lives. We have to allow the good resources and light in the world and the beauty in the world into our life. Because when it's hard, it's easy to shut it off. It's really easy to shut it off. But we have to turn on the light, right? Like, and all light is Christ. So I love that sentence. And I hate that sentence when it's really hard because it's like, but that just hard and you, because you want, I don't know what it is, but like you want to just shut down and just cocoon almost and shut off the world. But, but shut everything off, then you're shutting him off. Oh, that was so good and so true. I have seen Jesus in the face of my friends. Like I have seen him. He has come to me through like my Relief Society sisters and through the friends that I've had. Um, I have a really hard time accepting help. It's something that I'm working on. But when my husband was gone, I had to accept help. (laughs) Yes, there. My back went out like four or five times. Um, our pipes got clogged. We just didn't have water for three days, and like our washing machine backed up. Like there was one day where my friend's husband came over like three different times because things just kept breaking. I remember the Lord telling me, like, stop trying to shut yourself off from people. This is one of the ways I'm sending you the Savior. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's in the face of my sisters. Thank you for sharing with us today. It has been absolutely incredible hearing the answers and seeing the person that you choose to be despite the hardship that you continually endure. And the fact that you choose to endure it with Jesus is powerful. Wasn't it so incredible hearing Michelle's faith and resilience throughout really difficult things in life? I feel like her hope and her ability to see Jesus Christ through all of the hard things that she's gone through has absolutely been a guiding light for me. So Michelle, thank you for being on here. Um, If you'd like to find out more about Michelle's mission as empowering military and first responder wives, go to her website, thewaitingwarriors.com, or find her on Instagram at thewaitingwarriors.com. Or look for her podcast, The Waiting Warriors Podcast. If you're looking for the Latter-day Ladies, you can find us at the Latter-day Ladies on Instagram or on our website, thelatterdayladies.com.